John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn, if you will, please, to the Gospel of John. This being Mother's Day, I, I was thinking a little bit, okay, which direction am I going to go in this message today? And I started thinking a little bit about our Lord's mother. I started thinking about Mary. And then I started thinking about the life of Jesus and, and, and what, a, what a perfect child Jesus had to be, right? You know, maybe not. Remember, he was 100% God, but he was also 100% man, but yet he did not sin. But, you know, Jesus loved his mother. I mean, you see that all through Scripture where he loved her. And so I want to speak to you this morning on how to love mom. And I want to try to draw just a, a springboard reference passage of Scripture from God's Word that shows how Jesus loved his mother and how he provided for her. Look, if you will, I just want to begin reading. We're going to glean through a few verses here. In John chapter 19 and verse number, uh, verse number 16, it says, So then, because of them, he handed him over to be crucified. Now, this is Jesus going to be crucified. And I want you to remember, through this entire journey, Jesus' mother, Mary, was there in the background. She was watching all that was unfolding and all that was transpiring and everything that was happening to her boy. So I want you to, as I read this, I don't want you to put so much of the focus on what Jesus was doing. I want you to picture yourself maybe in Mary's shoes, the mother of Jesus walking through this event with her son that she loved. It says they carried, because of this, they handed him over to be crucified. And therefore they took Jesus and carrying his cross, he went out to what is called the skull place, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. Now think about this. Here we see Mary in the background. You've got to get the visual here. The cross has been placed on the back of Jesus, and he's carrying that cross after he's been scourged and beaten He's carrying that cross up to the place called Golgotha. In verse 18, there they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side with Jesus in the middle. And then we jump down to verse number 23. And when the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, they divided them into four parts, and a part for each soldier... And they also took the tunic, which was seamless, woven in one piece from the top. So they said to one another, let's not tear it, but let's cast lots for it to see who gets it. And then verse 25, standing by the cross were his mother and his mother's sister. Just picture that. Here she was watching all that was unfolding in the life of her son. She had 
seen the effects of the scourging and the beating that took place. She had watched him carry his cross up to Golgotha. She watched them nail him to the cross and crucify him there. Now understand, when the crucifixion took place, the cross is laying down. They're nailing him to the cross. And then she watched them stand the cross up. And then she watched them drop the cross down into the hole. And then she watched them strip him. And then she watched the Roman soldiers gamble over his garments. And here's this mother watching from afar. You know, guys, being a dad, it hurts when we see our children mistreated. Does it not? But being a mother, one thing I know, you don't mess with some mama's baby. Amen? Mothers have this bond through birth with their children. And here Mary, and no doubt as she's watching all of this, she's thinking back over the last 33 and a half years, of the life that she has enjoyed with her son. And now she sees it coming to an end. Can't you imagine that her heart had to be broken? Can't you imagine that? I mean, yes, I realize this is God's son. This is Jesus. He's 100% God. But at the same time, he's 100% man. And he is the son of Mary. And this mother is watching all of this. Moms, you thought sometime in parenting that you've had a bad day? Mary is having a bad day on the human side of things. Now I realize on the spiritual side of things, she understands what's taking place. And she knows that the Holy Spirit came upon her. She knows that her son is God's son. She knows that her son is God incarnate in the flesh. She understands all that. But on the human side, she's having a bad day. On the human side, her heart is literally broken. But I want you to look at verse number 26. When Jesus saw his mother. I don't know about you. But as I was reading that, I had to stop and reflect. Jesus, at this time, was having placed upon him the sins of the entire world. I mean, what he was involved in had been predetermined before the foundations of the earth have ever been laid. Before the worlds were ever created, the scripture says that he said, I will go. And carry out the divine plan, sovereign plan of the Father. So he knew what was taking place eternally. He knew what was taking place so that God's plan could be put back together. And so that mankind could have a relationship with the Holy God. So while he is taking care of this eternal business, he pauses just for a moment and recognizes his mother. Now just let me say something right here. Guys, ladies, 
Don't ever tell me that you're too busy to care about your mother. Don't you think Jesus was kind of busy at this point? But yet, in the middle of him dying for the sins of the entire world, it's almost like he pushes the pause button for just a moment. And his eyes are drawn to his mother that he knows cared for him, nurtured him, provided for him as a child, as a young boy, even as a young man, that listened to him, that had a relationship with him, that loved him. And he pauses and he says in verse number 25, verse 26, when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple who he loved standing there, he said to his mother, woman, here is your son. Now, understand, that wasn't a demeaning term in any way. That was still a very dear, endearing term that he used. It was not being disrespectful in any way. It's not like some male chauvinist today saying, woman, get in your place. No, 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 no. That's not what Jesus was saying there. So don't misunderstand that. He was saying, woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. It's almost like in the middle of the suffering of our Lord, he pushed the pause button. He made eye contact with his mother. And he said, Mom, in so many words and the actions, I care about you. And he looked to his mother and he said, this is your son. And he looked to the disciple that he loved and said, this is your mother. And what he was saying was, you take care of mom. That's what he was saying. Guys, you know what? Sometimes, and let me speak to the men. Sometimes we get all engrossed in our own life that we almost live this very self-absorbent life of chasing after our careers and our dreams and sadly, for some, they go through life and they think they're so busy, they no longer have time for mom. Take a page out of the book of Jesus. Here he is, dying, redeeming the entire world. And he still takes time to show his affection to his mother. And he cares for her. Now, John lived a very long time after that. And during those times that he was alive he carried out the will of Jesus and he took care of Mary our Lord's mom may I make this statement right here and we almost could close and I may not even need to say anything else after this statement but let me make this statement right here let this sink in you cannot be willfully Wrong with your mother and be right with God. Let that sink in. You cannot willfully be at odds, be wrong with your mother and be right with God. You just can't do it. You just can't do it. Now realize there's a lot of different family dynamics. 
And I realize that relationships and families sometimes can get difficult. And I realize that mother and children sometimes are at odds. But God help us if we as Christ followers are the one that is responsible for being in a wrong relationship with our mother. We need to do everything in our power. As the scripture teaches us in the book of Romans, that we carry out this ministry of reconciliation. We need to do everything in our power to be sure that the error in this wrong relationship between me and my mother is not resting on my shoulders. Now I realize it takes two to have a healthy relationship. And I may be speaking to some of those that you and your mother are at odds today. But God help us. If the reason for that is resting on you, you do everything in your power to bring reconciliation to that relationship. You cry out, you plead, you ask for forgiveness, you do whatever you've got to do to get into a right relationship with mom. And if you're at odds there, then you, the rest is left up to mom. But don't let the, the wrong relationship be your responsibility. Because you cannot be in a willfully wrong relationship with your mother and be right with a holy God at the same time. And the church should say amen right there. You just can't do it. So maybe we just need to say a prayer and go home. Maybe that's all we need to hear today. But I want to share with you real quickly. I want you to take out your sermon notes on the back of your, your bulletin. There's a place for you to jot down a few things. I want to share with you seven ways to love your mother. Jot these down. I'll try to be as, as quick as I can. I want to keep this more lighthearted. That was probably the most serious moment in this. But I, I want to keep it a little bit more lighthearted as we go through this. And, and we need to show our moms that we love them. Would you agree with that? And the first thing we need to do is we need to love her verbally. A lot of times men have this philosophy, you know, I told you I loved you once, but ever changes, I'll let you know. And it's almost like we go through the rest of our life and we never tell those that we love that we love them. But moms need to hear it. You know, teenagers, young adults, college kids, grads, mom still needs to hear from you, mom, I love you. They need to hear that. Wives need to hear that. Children, everybody in a family needs to hear that. But especially moms, we don't just need to show them. A lot of times dads say, well, I show you I love you every day. I get up and I go to work and I provide for you and have a roof over your head and food on the table. I show you I love you every day. You know, thank you for doing that, dads. But mom needs a little more than that. We need to tell her verbally that we love her. There was an article written to Dear Abby, a little paper. I want to read it to you. It says... I enlisted shortly after Pearl Harbor. Thirty-six days later, I was on my way to the Philippines. En route to the Philippines, the Philippines fell to the Japanese, and we were routed to Australia. Eleven days after we landed, I met the most beautiful girl in the world. On our first date, I told her that I was going to marry her, and I did. Eighteen months later, while on a ten-day R&R leave from New Guinea. After more than 57 years of marriage and two children... My beloved Mary died five days before Christmas. Although we agreed that our ashes were to be scattered over the mountains, I found I could not depart with hers. While Mary was alive, she would frequently say to me, You just don't know how much I love you. And I would reply, Likewise. I never said, I love you. 
Now her ashes are on my dresser, where I tell her several times a day how much I love her, but it's too late. Although I wrote poetry to her, I could not bring myself to say the three words that I knew she wanted most to hear. As my dearest was dying, we thought she was comatose, and I told her, there aren't enough words to tell you how much I love you. A few hours later, she whispered, not enough words, and died. The reason I'm writing is to urge men to express their feelings while their loved ones are alive. I don't know why, but many men are reluctant to express the depth of their feelings. Signed, Missing Mary in Colorado. Guys, don't let that be us. Children, young adults, grown adults, if your mother is still alive, she needs to hear those three words, I love you. Amen? Second thing, not only love her verbally, but secondly, love her physically. You see, whenever um, you were younger, she took time to hug on you. She took time to nurture you. She took time to tend to you. She held you and touched you. And when you were young, you would run and jump up in mom's arms and, and give big bear hugs. And But something happens, and I don't know why it happens. Something happens when kids get into the preteen teen stage where they think it's no longer cool to hug mom and dad. Just let me say this. If that's you, shame on you. Shame on you as a teenager. Shame on you as a young adult. Shame on you as a preteen. If you will not embrace your mother and touch her physically and give her some hugs. When you're not wanting anything, just give her a hug. She knows when you are buttering up, I promise you, right? She knows when it's something else is coming, when you have an ulterior motive. But we need to learn how to love our mothers physically. You see, she's the one that would touch you places and do things for you and clean you up when dad is running the other way. Believe me, I know. She's the one whenever you was... Snotty and nasty and stuff running everywhere. She would just run to you with Kleenex and clean you up and not think a thing about it. And dad is saying, do something with this kid. You know? And what we need to do, we need to, if, if our mothers are within distance of us today, we need to embrace them. And when you see your mom, you need to spend time with her and you need to touch her. She des deserves your touch and we need to give it when we're not wanting anything else in return be sure that you love her physically give her hugs give her kisses i know my kids i still hug them i still kiss them i tell them i love them my son's 22 i still kiss him just like he was a little boy and you know what he said he's never made me stop doing that and I'm still going to kiss him. That's my boy. And that's my girl. 
Number three. Love her patiently. What do I mean by this? You see, mothers have an incredible job with no pay whatsoever as far as monetary pay. They have an incredible job. There's no position in the business world that compares to the physical, emotional, and spiritual commitment that mothers have to motherhood. Matter of fact, I ran across this poem. She rises up at break of day, and, th- and through her task she races. She cooks the meals as best she may and scrubs the children's faces. While school books and lunches and homework, too, all need consideration. And yet the census man insists she has no occupation. When breakfast dishes all are done, she bakes a cake. Maybe she cleans the rooms up one by one with one eye watching the baby. The mending pile she then attacks by way of variation. And yet the census man insists she has no occupation. She irons for a little while, then presses pants for daddy. She welcomes with a cheery smile, returning lass and laddie. A hearty dinner next she cooks, no time for relaxation. And yet the census man insists she has no occupation. Guys, listen. Don't ever making the mistake of asking a mother, do you work or stay at home? Every mother works, whether she's employed by a company or whether she's just at home in motherhood. What a job. And what I'm trying to get you to see is how we need to love her patiently. Here's the point. In spite of all that she does for us, get this, and you'll know this to be true, we often become impatient with her. In spite of everything that she's doing, we'll become impatient because the things that she's taking care of, we get to the place where we take those things for granted. The things that she is doing, we get to the place where we just expect it to be done. And when our favorite shirt or our favorite blue jeans, teenagers, is not dry or clean or it's still in the dirty clothes, shame on you if you scold mother for not having the laundry done. Love her patiently. Men, if the house is not as spotless as you would want it to be, love her patiently patiently and get a broom in your hand and a vacuum cleaner in your hand and get in there and help her. Amen. I heard the women right there. Amen. Love her patiently. Are you getting this today? Love her patiently. Teenagers, here I go on you for a minute. Listen to me. Don't check out on me right now. Young adults, listen to me. College students, listen to me. Get this. It is unfair for you to be more kind and more considerate and more patient with your friends and your friend's mother 
than you are your own mother. Shame on you. I've watched, I've watched kids scold and badmouth their mother while at the same time embracing a friend's mother and thanking them for whatever they may be doing. Shame on you if you are more kind and more patient and more considerate to your friend's mom than you are your own mother. Amen? Moms, you've got to be loving this today. You've got, lo- you got to be loving this today, moms. Teenagers, kids, adults, love your mother patiently. Here's what we are discovering. Our parents are getting older. And it's almost like there is this role reversal that starts to take place. Maybe you've experienced it. Maybe you've seen it. It's where the parent is almost becoming the child and the child is becoming the parent. So if you're in that situation, just let me say this. Love your mother patiently. Forgive me for getting a little emotional on some of these, but love them patiently. Remember, you're going to be there one of these days. And you're going to be the older parent that's going to need some patient love from your children. Be patient. Dr. Dobson read an article many years ago or several years ago. And I realize he's not with Focus on the Family any longer, but it was on the radio station for Focus on the Family. And it was a letter from an 80-year-old woman on her birthday. And it's the birthday letter that she wrote her children on her 80th birthday. Listen to this. To all of my children, I suppose my upcoming birthday started many thoughts along these lines. This is a good time to tell you that what I truly want are things I can never get enough of, yet they are free. I want the intangibles. I would like for you to come and sit with me. I'd like for you to come and sit with me and for you to be relaxed. We can talk. Or we can be silent. I would just like for us to be together. I need your patience. I need your patience when I don't hear. What you say the first time. I know how tiresome it is to always be repeating. But sometimes I must ask you to repeat. I need your patience. When I think too much about the past... With my slowness and my set ways, I need your patience. I want you to be tolerant with what the years have done to me physically. Please be understanding about my personal care habits. I spill things. I lose things. 
I get unduly excited when I try to figure out my bank statement. I can't remember what time to take my medication or even if I've taken it already. I take too many naps. And sometimes sleep helps to pass the day. Well, there you have it. Time, patience, and understanding. Those are priceless gifts that I want. Finally, in this letter, the Apostle Paul wrote, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I know I can too. It's a wonderful feeling to know his eyes on the sparrow, and I know he cares for me. I guess being old isn't so bad after all. Love, Mom. Mm. We need love patiently. Mm. Number four, love her attentively. Love her verbally, love her physically, love her patiently, love her attentively. What I simply mean by that is mother listens as you pour out your heart with a sympathetic, understanding heart. She's always eager to listen. And she's always there by your side. What we need to do is love her attentively. There was a documentary some years ago of men who were going to be executed for capital crimes. And they interviewed these men, and then they interviewed these men's mothers. And here's the irony of this. The moms would say, oh, he's such a good boy. The one giving the interview would say, do you realize that your boy has murdered 37 individuals and now is going to pay for his crime? And she would say, oh, yes, I know that and it breaks my heart. But he's such a good boy. In his heart, he's such a good boy. You see... Mom is always on your side. She's always there. And we need to love her attentively. We need to be her rock when she has been there for us and has always been our rock. We need to let her know that we're there for her and we're going to be her rock. Number five, love her gratefully. <laughs> on a louder note, and you may be say, praise the Lord. <laughs> On a lighter note, when we talk about love her gratefully, an elementary science class was studying about magnets. And on the final exam at the end of the semester, the teacher had on the exam and they said, it's a six-letter word. It starts with the letter M. It picks up things. What am I? Over half of the class wrote down, and you can guess it, mother. It meant to be magnets in the science class. We need to be grateful for what she does. We need to give a sincere thank you to our moms for how they care for us, how they nurture us. And we need to have a genuinely heart of thankfulness for our moms. Teenage boys, teenage girls, young college girls, boys, pay attention to me. Your mother has always been there for you. And you may say, well, I don't think, listen, she's there. There's not one day gone by that mom hasn't loved you hasn't thought about you, hasn't prayed for you, hasn't cared for you. No matter what the miles may be, she loves you and you need to be grateful 
for anything and everything that she has done for you. Amen? Number seven, last one, or number six. Oh, I got seven of these. I hit these last two quickly. Love her generously. You can never repay her for all that she's done. Be generous with, generous with mom. I tell our family she's the queen. In our house, Miss Debbie's the queen. Whatever she, we, we live there to please her. Amen? Well, she don't like to hear that stuff. Because she doesn't want to see herself. She, she sees herself as a servant, and she does serve. But we want to treat her like she's the queen. Never allowed our children to be disrespectful to her. And there are moments and times when raising our children that they got disrespectful and I would step in. I'd say, listen, that may be your mom, but that is my wife. And I don't let anyone speak to her like that. You or anybody else will not get by with that. Change your tone right now. Amen? We need to be grateful and generous to our moms. Think about this. Here's you. Uh, I thought about Terry on this one, our math teacher at O'Fallon High School. And other math teachers and Eldon taught math over at SWIC. Uh, actually, it's BAC, I think, whenever you taught over there. But he taught math. So here's your math question. I'm going to give you this equation. I want you to answer it with a fraction, okay? There's ten people at the kitchen table. They're all there getting ready to eat dessert. There's one pie. How many? Give me the answer in a fraction, if you will. How much does everyone get of this pie? Ten people at the table, one pie, how much does everyone get? What? One-tenth. Is that your final answer? You ought to be on smarter than a fifth grader, because here we go. Yeah, (laughs) It's not one-tenth. You know what the answer is. If mom's at the table, it's not one-tenth. It's one-ninth. Because mom realizes there's ten people at the table. We only have one pie. She's thinking, boy, I should have had two or three pies. So everyone gets a big piece. So what she's going to do, she's going to step out of the equation. Right? You've seen your mother do it. I've seen my mother do it. I've watched my wife do it. Because why? She's generous. And we need to love generously to our mothers. Let me give you number seven. I'm going to stop with this one. Love her honorably. I realized I didn't use a whole lot of scripture in this today. I think we had a good springboard there when you see that Jesus loved his mother. He provided for her and he took care for her. And this is kind of reference on things that we can do to be like Jesus was with his mother. But love her honorably. In Exodus 20 and 12, listen to this verse. It says, honor your father and your mother so that you may have a long life in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You see, there's never a day, there's never a moment while your mother is living that you should not honor her. We need to be honoring our mothers at all times and our fathers, by the way. It's a command. So are we honoring? And what we need to do, we need to love mom honorably. And by the way, this is the the only command, if you can see, that has a built-in promise of blessing. You want to have longevity in your life? The Bible says, honor your mother and your father. And the Bible says, when you honor your mother and your father, that you will have a long life on the land. So there's a a command with blessing, a promise of blessing. And guys, we need to love mom honorably. She's the crown jewel in the home. Amen? Thank God today for mothers. And we 
in the family, husbands, children, when you go out today and this afternoon and you're doing your thing, I want you to remember this day is not about you guys hitting the golf course. It's not about you guys doing your thing. This day is about mom. And really it's, it's sad if this is the only day that you honor her. You should honor her every day. And you should do anything you can to serve her and to nurture her and to love her and respect her and give back to her. Because every mother that I know that's worth their salt gives way beyond what you could ever imagine. And we need to return that love to our moms. Amen? Well, God bless you all. Happy Mother's Day to the moms. I think there's something we all can take away from this, and we need to give back to our moms, okay? Let's do this. I'm going to dismiss this, this part of, in our prayer, and then Paul's going to come with announcements. Father, thank you, Lord, for this day, and thank you for our mothers. Thank you, God, for the time to be able to share and to speak about some very practical ways that, that we can love on mom. Thank you for the example that Jesus had. And was his life busy? Sure it was. While he's there redeeming the entire world, he took time out to care for and to provide and to communicate with his mother. God, forgive us when we think our lives get so busy that we don't have time to talk to mom. Forgive us, God, and help us to show mom today and every day how much we love her. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois. 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.